What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hootball Nets Podcast. So, before we get into everything, as per usual, make sure to follow us on Twitter and iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, of course. You can find us on iTunes at Hoop-Ball, or you can just look up Brooklyn Nets. We come up either way. Uh, make sure you guys leave a review. Five stars, of course. We're reading all reviews on the podcast. So, uh, we're going to... We actually have two to read today. They were both posted, like, a good two weeks ago, but we didn't see them until now, so we're going to read both of them. But before we get into things, we want to make sure to acknowledge... And shout out Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company, which is the title sponsor of all our podcasts now. Everyone at Hootball is extremely excited. It's really like our first big sponsor and everything like that. So, so the we, the way we found out about it was uh, like everyone else basically they got tweeted out, and then uh, Dan asked us if we want some free samples of the coffee. To be honest, I'm not the biggest coffee person, but. We're both college students, and we're in finals. Well, we're like a week away from our finals, so we're going to be up till 2 and 3 in the morning anyway. So we're probably going to need the coffee for our finals, so of course we're going to take it. Um, we'll let you guys know how it is the next episode, but obviously it's going to be good. Uh, the best place to find them is on Amazon. You can search for Hawaiian Isles Coffee, and they'll pop up easily. If you want to follow them on Twitter, it's High Kona Coffee. Once again, it's High Kona Coffee, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. On to the reviews. Uh, so we got two. We got two reviews, both five stars. One is from CZGO04. My favorite new podcast that I've been listening to. These guys are great, and I'm glad they're getting a chance to show it on HoopBall. Thank you, CZGO. Appreciate it. Uh, and the next one is by Dar- Darnit. Darnit? Is that how you say it? Darnit27. Uh oasis in a podcast desert i like that these guys sound like they're from the tri-state area great use of stats to analyze the progress of the team really have a realistic sense of what the team and individual players are capable of i don't agree with all their takes but it's nice to hear net enthusiasts chop it up about a team that gets very little shine in their own city wish they were on after every game so let's just address that once first of all thank you so much by oasis in a podcast desert i'm guessing you mean like since the nets don't have a ton of podcast that we're one of the good ones since there's not many um we are from the tri-state area we're both from new york uh great use of stats to analyze the progress of the team thank you we try uh you don't agree with all our takes we don't expect you to we do have some pretty hot takes yeah we so. kind of go all out but it, it's good to hear that perspective sometimes like we're, we try not to be biased um uh yeah we wish they were on after every game if we could we talked about it if we could we would i believe college gets a lot in the way right now and once we graduate if we're still doing this podcast i believe we'll have a lot more time to get together and do it more frequently but as of right now Two to three it's times just, a week yeah. is probably the most we'll be able to get. Because after every game, uh, okay, so the, let's break our, our lives down so you guys don't think we're just lazy. So, like, I'm an RA. We both go to St. John's. I'm an RA. So I have a whole lot of extracurricular activities to do on top of the podcast, on top of homework and school stuff, on top of writing for hoopball. And me and Hunter don't, like, we both don't dorm at St. John's. So he has to drive here every time we do a podcast, which is why we record, like, five and six in the morning sometimes because 
because we have we he usually sleeps over at my dorm the night before we have class. So it, it's we go through a lot to get these things done. Wait, but if we could do them every day, we would. And like Hunter, it's hard to find parking near his house. So it's if he he can't stay late at night, or else he'll be driving around trying to find parking for three hours. So, but we do it as much as we can because we do enjoy doing it, and we'll continue to exactly. keep doing it. Exactly. So we're gonna get into the Cavs game now. I don't. This episode is the <laughs> Cavs and Thunder game, two of the most depressing games you will ever hear about in your life. As we're speaking right now, the the they're playing the Raptors. The score as we speak is a nice little fifty three fifty three at half. So and it's I any- expect a 100 to 72 end of the game. It's any man's game right now for the Raptors, but back to the Cavs. On the last episode, we said that if they, this is a must-win game for them because they were both on what? Like, I think the Cavs were on a four-game losing streak. The Nets were on a six-game losing streak. And the Cavs were by far the worst team in basketball as seen by everybody. And so, and it was not at least getting it blown. No, I can't even say at least they getting blown out. Okay. They should have won. No, no, no. I will tell you. They really, they really did get blown out. They really did. Because most of the first quarter, the Nets had control. And by control, their lead only went to seven. But the first quarter was all Nets, even though it ended with a one-point Cavs lead. And from that point, the Nets never, never got the lead back. <laughs> yeah, the Cavs just never looked back. They, they got the lead for a quick, brief second in the second quarter. And since then, the Cavs just dominated, got the lead up to 13. And the, the game was close throughout every quarter. The first quarter, the Nets outscored. No, the Cavs outscored the Nets by one. The third quarter, the Nets outscored the Cavs by two. The second, the fourth quarter, the Nets outscored the Cavs by two. But in the second quarter, the Cavs outscored the Nets by four, and that's the by highest five. by five, and that's the highest score differential of any quarter. And so, I mean, the Nets did cut the lead at the end of the game, and. And tied the game. Actually. I mean, they, they lost in like a heartbreak. No, I can't even say heartbreaking. No, it was no. horrible defense. Yeah, no, it was awful defense. And they gave up the bucket to a guy who just got traded. Who just got traded. And is not one of the best basketball players you will find on an NBA court. He hit, I think he hit, who did he hit with the, he hit okay. somebody with a cross. The two people. He hit Dinwiddie with a spin. Alec Burks was the one who and scored Alan the, the bucket. And Alan Crabb started on the ball. Alan Crabb got screened, and Dinwiddie was supposed to pick up, and Dinwiddie played some of the worst help defense I've ever seen in my life, and just let Crab, um, Alec Burks dunk the ball. He hit him with a spin move at the free throw line and dunked off the spin move. That's with 3.2 seconds left, and the Nets are, what goes like unnoticed is how bad the Nets are at inbound plays. Yeah. Like, they consistently turn the ball over off inbounds plays. The same thing happened in the Thunder game. But... Uh, this game. Well, one thing I do have to say about that is you'll see Kenny Atkinson a lot put Jared Dudley in the game to inbound the ball thinking, oh, he's a veteran. He'll be able to get the ball in, and it does nothing. But he nothing. doesn't. He's does bad. If, it, it's tough because they don't really have someone that you can rely on like that anymore. But I'd honestly put Joe Harris to inbound the ball. Joe Harris point. has been out the last three games. But I'm saying when Joe Harris is playing, I pick him to inbound the ball because I trust him the most to get the ball inbounds without making a mistake. I I don't think that Dudley is best equipped to not make mistakes at this point in his career. Which is sad because he should be. Okay, so moving on to the actual game. 
the uh, we're going to start with percentages. The Nets shot 39.4% from the field, 25. They were 10 for 40 from three. Okay, wait, wait. One thing I have to point out is although the Cavs didn't shoot 50% or near 50% in this one, allowing the Cavs to outshoot you and shoot 43% is still not the greatest game in the world. If they're holding you to 39%, you should be holding them to less than that because you're the better team. Like, the, the Cavs shot 43% the from the Cavs field. The Cavs made four three-pointers they and made still won four, the game. That's crazy. I'm just noticing this now. They made four three-pointers while the Nets made 10. But the Nets attempted 40 and the Cavs attempted 15. And the difference in this game was free throws. That's what it comes down to. The Nets were 9 of 16, which is 56.2%. Awful. An awful 56.2%. And the Cavs were 19 of 20, which is 95%. 95%. The worst team in the NBA just outplaying you in all aspects of the game. It's just a shame. A the, shame. The turnover battle, the Nets won 7-9. They out-rebounded them. Uh, they out offensive rebounded them seventeen to fourteen. But they got out often that they got out rebounded overall fifty five fifty, because the Cavs had two people with double digit rebounds, and they had an additional three people with seven or more rebounds on top of the two people with double digit rebounds. So the Cavs were all on the boards, while uh, the Nets not so much. Going into the box score, so we're going to start with Rodney Hood. He played 33 minutes, 9 points, 2 of 8 from the field. This was a three. new lineup they tried with George Hill at the 2, Rodney Hood at the 3, and Seti Osman at the 4, and clearly it worked out as they got a win. So The Cavs really run like a what, 2, 3, 4, 5, a 7-man rotation. Sometimes Larry Nance plays. That's typically what it is. I mean, when David and Waba was playing, he was getting big <laughs> minutes. J.R. Smith was playing, but now he's going to get traded. Kyle Korver used to play, but now it's honestly down to these seven and Larry Nance. So I'll say an eight-man rotation. Tristan Thompson. Actually, as uh, we recorded this, as we're recording this episode right now, is a couple hours after George Hill was just traded. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cavs don't have George Hill anymore. Now they have Della Vadova back, who True. I do not believe will actually see the court much at all. You might get some minutes here and there, but I believe that the Cavs were just clearing room for Sexton to get free reign. Every time I see a trade alert pop up on my phone, like I wish I so I wish it's the Nets. Yeah. Like I always like is the is the Nets make, are the Nets making a trade? Is it gonna give us something crazy to talk about in the podcast? But the Nets never make a trade. Um, Tristan Thompson, thirty four minutes, nineteen points, fourteen rebounds, eight, eight of 11. eleven. Wow, same time. Eight of eleven from two the field. Blocks. Yep, two blocks. He just dominated. Amazing game. And it always seems like Jared Allen gets lit up. Okay. But it's like, I don't, I will, I don't I know. I will tell you about a play I saw in the Thunder game. I'll speak about it now, though, since we're on the topic of Jared Allen. Paul George drove to the basket, and Jared Allen was standing right under the basket. Arms up. Paul George drives into him and just knocks him so far out of bounds and then just dunks the ball. Jared Allen is literally like... He's he's so movable. He's not like a brick wall. He's not like these other centers like Whiteside, Gobert, Capella, and Bead. Who you drive into them, they're gonna stay there and block your shot, or at least if you even get if a you, hand up. Exactly. 
Jared Allen get, just gets bodied out of bounds and gives up easy buckets. Or they'll at least make you, like, think about it the next time you drive Well, it. granted, Paul George isn't, like, the weakest guy in the world. But yeah, you, I mean, he's super should, athletic, but you still. You should still not get shoved so far out of bounds you're not even in the play anymore. The Nets gave up 15 points and two assists, one rebound to Colin Sexton. He was 7 of 16 from the field. Not his greatest game. He really only scored, didn't do much else. Jordan Clarkson, he took the most shots on the Cavs off the bench. As always, he always does that. 20 points, 9 of 22 from the field. Uh, 11, they gave up 11 rebounds to Jordan Clarkson. Yep. That is insane. And then four assists and a steal. There is no way you can give up 11 rebounds to Jordan Clarkson. He's not even like an oversized guard. He's a regularly sized shooting yep. guard. He's like 6'6". There's no reason you should be giving up 11 rebounds to Jordan Clarkson. That's inexcusable. Alec Burks had 13 points, 13 shots, also had 7 rebounds. They gave him 7. That, and no. then Larry Nance with a quiet, good 9-8 and eight game with 1-of-1 one one from 3 in 15 minutes. So that's the Nets box. I mean the Cavs box. Now we'll move to the Nets. Who... This is very ugly. There's not a yeah, whole I'm, lot of I'm good I'm looking year. at the box score right now, There's and I'm like, who do we start with? <laughs> like, who do we start I'll, with? I'll start with my MVP of the game, Rodion's Karooks. I knew you were going to say that. It's crazy. You would not expect that he's MVP of the game, but he played 13 minutes. He had a second on the team, plus six, plus minus, 12 points, six of 10 shooting, and he had four rebounds and a steal. I just want to see if you're going to notice just, something about this box score that you would like. If if you notice something about this box score about one of your favorite players that you always criticize someone else for. Okay, Shabazz Napier <laughs> took as many yep, shots yep. as he had points, but you want to know what else? He only took ten shots and had ten points and shot fifty percent. <laughs> he shot fifty percent. So if you can do that and shoot fifty percent, okay. But D'Lo will take. 17 shots and have 17 points on two of 17 shooting so so it doesn't really help much napier still put up 10 points with a nice four rebounds two assists in his 17 minutes so it was a solid i already did i just said his whole stat line okay and then we'll just finish the bench off because there's only three more guys ed davis had a 10 rebound game Two points. Typical Ed Davis game. Literally Ed Davis in a nutshell. Damare Carroll continues. He's the third person this game, one of seven shooting. <laughs> so it's just a terrible sight to see. 0 of 4 from 3, 4 points, 3 rebounds. That's crazy. Horrible game in 22 minutes. Two he, of your starters. He had a team low minus 14, so he really did not affect the game in a positive way at all. Uh, MVP Jared Dudley. <laughs> 17 minutes, 3 points, 1 of 3 shooting, 2 rebounds, and an assist. Magnificent. And then D'Angelo Russell. No, he's last. Okay, he's last. last. He's absolutely last. We'll go to the the starters, the two starters who also shot 1 of 7. So the fact that D'Angelo Russell lasts for a terrible performance, and he he, uh, isn't one of the people who shot 1 of 7. That's good, right? No, that's bad. That's terrible. Alan Crabb had five on one of seven shooting with eight rebounds. He was one of five from three, and that's your only job. On this and Rondé Hollis had four points on one of seven shooting with two of six from the free throw line. Simply amazing. He's the big reason they shot so poorly at the free throw line. He added five rebounds. 
And then you have the underwhelming Jared Allen with nine points and three rebounds in 32, in 32 minutes. minutes. How do you get so badly outplayed by Tristan Thompson? He got out-rebounded by Jordan Clarkson. He got out-rebounded by Alec Burks. He got out-rebounded by D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> like He had the least rebounds in the starting lineup. <laughs> That's crazy. Rodion Karooks had more rebounds in 13 minutes of action. That can't be the case. Spencer Dinwiddie, 32 minutes, 18 points. Well, wait, wait, wait. One thing that we did not mention is Jared Allen hit his first three in a really long time. So, so there's a plus. But and he only had one foul. Because it seems like every time we look at the box score, he has four fouls, five yeah. fouls, fouls out. He only had one foul in 32 minutes. So that's good to see. Uh, but also what's good to see before we get to Dinwiddie and Russell is no player on the Nets had more than one turnover. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pick something that's good out of the entire <laughs> batch of awful that we've mentioned so far... That's a positive. Let's move to the guard dynamic duo of D'Lo and Dinwiddie. So, they both got 32 minutes, led the team. Dinwiddie had five fouls in his 32 minutes. He had 18 points, 6 of 14 shooting, 4 of 11 from 3. Three rebounds, four assists to steal. All right game. Not that bad. The percentage, the percentage he also had five was fouls. okay. D'Lo... Okay, so he wasn't terrible, but there's one... He was the best player on the team by far. That's true. There, But there was one part of his game that, that I point out that he just continues to do every single game. So he scores 30 points. 30 points. Great game. What would you expect someone who scores 30 points to shoot? Like, how many shot attempts? Like, 17, 18. Yes, So, I would expect like a nice 11 of 18 for 30 points. No, this man decides, oh, I'll get my 30, but I'll take 31 shots. 13 of 31 shooting. 42%, which isn't great, obviously. 4 of 12 from 3, which is awful. And then he adds 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals so at least he adds more to the stat line but what are you taking 31 shots for? I want to know where D'Lo ranks in shots per game because it seems like he takes a lot of them I want to know where he, next episode I'm going to have that I mean, I'll I say it's right not now. at the top only because his minutes have been reined in more so than players like Harrison Barnes who chucks for the Mavs or like Westbrook, who always, or Paul George, who always have the ball in their hands because they're the only two players on the Thunder capable of doing anything. Players like that are obviously going to beat him out, but he he will be the highest on the Nets. I could tell you that. Easily. I mean, Dinwiddie and Russell combined for eight of twenty-three shooting from three-point from the three-point line. That can't happen. Uh, Russell added eight rebounds, six assists. If he hadn't shot, okay. If he hadn't shot so many, sh- like if he was so, more efficient, it would have been a good game. So they could have won had anybody else played well because eight of twenty three is is bad, but it's it's manageable. When they're eight of twenty three, if you look at the total for the team, the rest of the team was two for seventeen from three. Two for seventeen is about. 13%. Not a single person 13%. that came off their bench. Not a single they person were, that came the off the bench. The bench was 0 for 9 from 3. That's Damare Carroll, Shabazz Napier, and Rodion Crooks were 0 of 9 from 3. And then Crabs 1 for 5 did not help either. So, yeah. Moving on to the Thunder game, which I can say was a heartbreaking loss. Oh, and I did also say 
that if they lost the Cavs game, that they lose ten straight. They lost. They, as you know now, they lost the Thunder game. <laughs> so, and then they're probably gonna lose to the Raptors. So that whoa, would be wait, wait, wait. That right would now. Be nine. Right now, they're down by three to the Raptors. It's in, very in the third quarter. They very much so could win the game. Not gonna count out our Nets just yet. On to the Thunder game. They lost one fourteen to one twelve. Uh, they got outscored thirty nine to nineteen in the fourth quarter. Okay, no, no, no. We'll get to the fourth quarter last. Let's talk about everything else, such as <laughs> the fact that they had a twenty three point lead in this game. The the Nets' biggest lead was twenty three. The Thunder's biggest lead was four. <laughs> there were only six lead changes. Most of them occurred early in the game, as the Nets completely dominated most of this game. They dominated. Okay, so the Thunder and Nets went back and forth in the first quarter. All right, and it ended with a Nets two point lead. The Nets dominated the second quarter, 36 22. Then they also won the third quarter. And they won every quarter lead. except the fourth. Like, and, and they just got so easily destroyed in the fourth dismantled by one man one 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 player it could have been one him and everyone else just take a seat and he would have won he scored more in the fourth quarter than they did and and they scored it's the it's the thunder so you're we're talking about westbrook right bad guard defense we're talking about westbrook right no we're We're talking about paul george yep he scored 25 in the fourth quarter alone the net scored 19 25 and a quarter. And it's crazy because looking at the box score, you'd think the Nets should have won this. Like They should have won. The Nets think the Nets should have won. They they should have won. The Nets shot 43% from the field. The Thunder shot 43.4. The Nets shot 41.7% from three. The Thunder shot 34.2. The Nets, for the first time in a while, shot better from the free throw line shot, than an it's opponent. It's not like they shot amazing. They still shot They 76. just shot better. They still shot 76.7%. But the Thunder only shot 57.7. Okay, so the Nets lost the turnover battle by one, 14-13. They had less steals, less blocks, less assists, less rebounds. So in that they aspect... They got off, out offensive rebounded by seven. They got out rebounded by 15. So in those aspects, you think, wow, the Nets really, really got smoked. But the shooting should have changed your mind because they really should have won. 23-point lead, too. Blow a 23-point lead. It's just amazing to me. So let's move to the box. You want to start with Paul George? Yes. We might as well. Because it's amazing that D'Angelo Russell needs 31 shots to score 30 points. And Paul George just needs 27 to score 47 points. That's true. He was 6 of 13 from the three-point line. 47. He also had 15 rebounds. And 15 of 27 from the field. Added four assists. And eleven free throws. Stephen Adams had fifteen points. We'll get. We'll talk more about Paul George later. Stephen Adams had fifteen points, eight rebounds, two assists, two blocks. I mean, two steals and a block uh, in thirty-one minutes. Seven of eleven from the field. Jeremy Grant did his typical four defensive stats: one steal, three blocks, five points. 
he's like he's kind of like they're all reliable on yeah. defense. He gets defensive stats every game. Russell Westbrook, uh, 39 minutes, team high. Pulled to D'Angelo Russell, 21 points, 9 of 23 shooting. He was 2 of 9 from the... All yeah, right, he, he had a triple double. Russell, yeah. but he, <laughs> he also had, a triple had 15 double. rebounds and 17 assists. So you can't expect him to do everything, right? D'Angelo Russell couldn't dream fouls. of putting up 15 rebounds and 17 assists. Westbrook ended with 21, 15, and 17. He had 5 fouls. He only had 2 turnovers. And he, he had passed 17. Jason Kidd permanently on the triple doubles list. He had 17 assists and 2 turnovers. Overs, which is insane. Oh, that was really and the Thunder have no bench at not all. at all, not so, a single. So I was writing the blurbs for this game, and I just it's there was nothing besides Paul George and Westbrook to say. the The two of them were the entire team, and they the Nets let two people beat them. Nobody else really had an amazing game. I guess Stephen Adams fifteen and eight helped, but. Jared Allen perfectly countered that. There is no counter for Paul George, unfortunately. There never will be for for until like this season. There won't be. There, there's no one the Nets have that is going to be good enough to match Paul George or Westbrook. Uh, the Nets actually played good. Like Joe Harris, old reliable, made his return, came back gunning. Thirty three minutes, nineteen points, six of twelve from the field, three of four from three, seven rebounds, five personal fouls, but he made up for it. Uh, Rondell Jefferson bust. He 22. has been awful lately. So he, had he gets eight, eight, the starting job and then he starts playing bad. He had nine rebounds and six assists, but other than that, he didn't contribute much. Jared Allen, five of 14, 15 points, two three pointers. Stop taking threes. So he hit one against the Cavs and he took two more and then he missed both of them. He should stop taking threes because they're not falling for him. Allen Crabb, 37 minutes, which is a team okay, high. Okay, this was his best game of the season. No, 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 his second best game. Remember, oh, he, yeah. he went off earlier. He was 7 of 15. All seven. He led the team in minutes. <laughs> all seven of those shots were threes. He was 7 of 13 from three-point line. He hit one free throw, four rebounds, two assists, three turnovers. Well, what I will say is Allen Crabb led the team in minutes, but... In the time that he sat, the Nets destroyed the Thunder. In the 11 minutes he didn't play, the Nets outscored the Thunder by 18. He was a minus 20 in the time that he played. So, sure, he put up 7 of 13 from 3, had a good game. Had a steal, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, good stat line. But it doesn't matter because Damari Carroll's 19 minutes and bad shooting had them at plus 15 while he was on the court. So is Alan Crabb, even on his best days, really bringing anything good to the table? Uh, I don't know. He he doesn't play great defense, and he's far too inconsistent for me to be able to count on him. And and play him 37 minutes. Like, I get it. They paid him, so they need to play him. He has... His upside is there. Like, if he's hot, then he's hot. But a lot of the games, he's not high. And he doesn't take enough shots to really... Like, unless he's feeling it, he's not taking 15 shots a game. D'Angelo Russell, 29 minutes, 17 points, 6 of 13. It was an inefficient game for him. He was 3 of 7 from the field. He was 3 of 7 from the three-point line. Uh, he had four assists, one rebound, six turnovers, two steals. Wow. The six turnovers most on the team. Uh, uh, By a lot. Yeah. 
as a team, they had 14. Him alone had six. There is... Okay, so once you're done running through the box score, there's one very specific thing. Well, two. That kind of angers me. So... So, finish running through the players, and then I'll point out what angers me. All we really have left is Dinwiddie. He had 17 points, 6 of 11 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, no rebounds at all, only 2 assists, 1 turnover, a steal. He had 2 blocks, so that's good to see from a guard. But, okay, that's it. Go on. Say what you need to say. So, against the Cavs, if you'll notice, Shabazz Napier and Rodion's Karooks had two solid games. They had 22 points on 11 of 20 shooting. They've both played well off the bench in the time they've seen. What happens when Joe Harris returns tonight? Zero minutes for Rodion's Karooks and 30 seconds for Shabazz Napier. And they combine for zero points, one shot attempt, and it was a miss. So I would like to know what you see that you give Alan Crabb 37 minutes, give Jared Dudley 20 minutes, and don't let Shabazz Napier and Rodion's Kurok step on the court. What do you have to lose at this point? Because no matter what he tries, it's not working. So you might as well play Kurok's, you might as well play Shabazz Napier and stop playing Alan Crabb and Jared Dudley. There's no point anymore. They're going to keep losing no matter what he tries. They cannot finish games. I mean, for this game, I get why he played him minutes because he had a great game. So, But I understand what you're saying. And then Alan Crabb does not, as a player, does not warrant 37 minutes on a regular night. I do agree that Napier and Karuk should get minutes, though. Uh, Shabazz Napier, he showed on the Trailblazers he can be a consistent, like a good cog in a team, like a... A meaningful a good weapon off yeah, the bench. a meaningful weapon off the bench for a team. I, I, I was struggling to find words there. He's basically like the Terry Rozier for the Celtics, like the Fred Van Vliet for the Raptors. It's he play he could play the same role, which is what he did for them last year. Play a nice three guard rotation at the end of games when the, another team goes small, or if they want to make another team go small, they put him in. He is versatile. He's a good player. He just is not getting the right opportunities. Yeah, we're the head of the free Shabazz Napier bandwagon. Mainly Hunter. Than, more Hunter than me, but I'm down. Shabazz Napier should not be playing zero minutes a game. But uh, moving on to the... We're going to talk more about the ending of the game. Uh, they they gave up 25 points to George in the fourth quarter. Uh, they, they It was his first ever go-ahead basket in the final 10 seconds or overtime of a game. He was 0 of 14. Paul George was 0 of 14 in the last 10 seconds or overtime of a game before tonight. I, re, I, can, I, re, I can say the play for you word by word. Russell Westbrook gets it off the inbound. They double him off a screen. He kicks it off. First of all, they leave Paul George open off the screen. He could have popped it as soon as he got it, but... Pump faked. Spencer did when he jumps clean over him, gets a wide open three, smacks it. Nothing they can do. Game over, basically. They failed on the inbounds play yet again. And it's just nothing they can do. Like, it seems to be a common trend in Nets games that they blow big leads. Eight of their 18 losses have come after a double-digit lead. Five have come by one possession. 
The Nets have, this was pointed out by John Schumann on Twitter, the Nets have as many losses and games they led by double digits, which is eight, as they have wins. That's crazy. Like, and and people like to, to attest it, including us, to them being a young team. And it's also crazy that they didn't lead by 10 against the Cavs, so that's nine. In my exactly. Opinion. They led by seven, and they should have beat the Cavs, so that's nine. People like to, to say that the Nets lose these games because, or like they're a bad team because they're so young, and which we've used as an excuse before, but it's getting to the point where it's not just that anymore. Like, it's, it's pure just lack of basketball IQ at this point. Like, in this game, for example, D'Lo takes a shot with 14 seconds left with the shot clock at nine and then he spent he maybe wastes like four seconds off the clock so as you know d'angelo russell is not the smartest basketball player in the world for example the pelicans game let's throw a no look pass on the wing when we can just ice the game and throw it straight out of bounds let's take a contested three-pointer with nine seconds left on the shot clock Instead of holding it and taking a shot high in the air that wastes more time so the Thunder have less time. Or, like, why would you... Just pure basketball. Like, why would you take that knowing that Paul George has 22 points in a quarter at that point? At that point, he already had 22 and was outscoring your team. Like, why would you take a dumb shot to give him the ball back to end the game? That makes absolutely no sense. Uh, one last thing, the, the the excuse for the Nets that they're young has to stop. Or not stop, but at least slow down. Because let me name you some teams that are younger than the Nets. The Denver Nuggets. The Portland Trailblazers. The LA Lakers. The Indiana Pacers. The Sacramento Kings. And the Philadelphia 76ers. The Bulls and Suns are also younger, but they're also worse. So. Every team I just named is a playoff team. Except the Kings, and they're the ninth seed, 12 and 11. They're over 500 in the stacked Western Conference. There's no, like, that's not a reason for the Nets to be as bad as they are. Uh, at this point, I really believe that Kenny Atkinson Needs is to, really on the hot yeah, seat. Yeah, it's... Because his rotation is awful. His... Okay. I don't believe D'Angelo Russell is being coached the right way. That's my opinion. I believe if somebody helped him learn the right shots to take and he was put in the right situations he'd be better right now it's just not it though it's not working well right now at in any aspects of the game sure it was working with Karis Levert so you could blame him getting injured for for their big downfall but it's just not working right now that's going to do it for this episode, guys. We, we just wanted to stress that the fact that the Nets are young, it should not be the be-all, end-all excuse for them losing games because there's plenty of teams that are younger than them that are much better. As we speak right now, the Nets are playing the Raptors end of the third quarter. They're actually winning 80-79. to D'Lo has, what, 23 going into the fourth quarter. So this could be a win for the Nets, beating the maybe the best team in the league. Don't count on it, but hopefully. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say they win this game. Uh, and just like you said, just they because beat the I Cavs. just because I said that, watch them get absolute. Watch them have 80 at the end of the game. All right, so <laughs> soon we're gonna since the Nets have been so bad, we're gonna start doing a draft watch, where we 
say what what pick the Nick the Nets are projected right now. Because at this point, we have to start thinking and about. looking on prospects. <laughs> we hope they get and think they could use and stuff like that. And Zion, so, they trust. We'll give it a couple more weeks full of L's to start that, but they're seemingly in the top eight right now, pick wise. So we'll see how it goes. So yeah, that'll do it for this episode, guys. Once again, we just want to say thank you to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Make sure to check them out on Amazon. You can look that up. You can find them on Twitter. Just search Hawaiian Isles Coffee. They'll pop up easily. Once again, their Twitter is Hi Kona Coffee. It's H-I-K-O-N-A Coffee. Thank you for sponsoring us. Make sure to go check them out, guys. Can't wait to get the coffee samples. We'll let you guys know how we th- how what we think of them. Uh, make sure to follow us on iTunes at Hoop Dash Ball Net or Brooklyn Net. Either one you can look up. We're there. Subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. So if you want to be like C. Eagle and Darren and get your and get your review read, make sure to go subscribe to us and leave a review. Uh, follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. You can follow us individually. I'm at Najee Adams underscore on Twitter. If you don't know how to spell Najee, it's N-A-J-E-E. Hunter's at Hunter underscore J-K-R. That'll do it for this episode, guys. Thank you for listening.